still makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to Burkett Wonderland. We are an Arsenal podcast, and today we're an interview podcast. It's a special. Uh, you would have seen, I'm sure, on our socials, but uh, delighted to welcome back to the show, because if you haven't watched the first interview, what you do in your life, go and get it done. Mr. Charles Watts. Charles, welcome back. How are you, sir? I am very good. Chris, how are you getting on, mate? All good? All good, my friend. All good. It looks like we both had a bit of a haircut since we last spoke, so uh-huh. it's always always good. You've yeah, very warm. Any more than me. <laughs> I'm hanging on to it as long as I can. <laughs> I'm not. Thanks for um, thanks for coming back on. We are we are here today. Slightly shorter show, um, just really to talk about your book. Um, I'm sure regular viewers of your channel will know that you have a book, and if they watch the first interview with ourselves, they will also know. But there's always new people out there, and we like to just bring it back into into focus because I'm excited. Um, I have pre loaded, pre downloaded my um, copy on Audible. So I'm ready to go on the 31st of August. You'll be accompanying me on the long runs. So um, no pressure, but I'm expecting good things. Um, Let's talk about it. So we all know the title by now, but let's repeat it. So um, Revolution, the rise of Arteta's Arsenal. I'm sure most people tuning into this will have a vague idea of what the book is about, but we want to delve a little bit deeper than that. Mm -hmm. What gave you the inspiration to write this book? What was the key thing that got you really excited to, to go for this? I mean, the inspiration was, well, it's just been an ambition of mine to do something like this since, you know, I first got into the business and um, I was approached in around, I think it was February, March time by the publishers, HarperCollins, um, asking if I'd be interested in doing it. And, you know, I thought about it for a while and I thought, you know what, this is the perfect time to do it. Obviously, at, at that stage, the, the hope was Arsenal would go on and win the title, but that was never what the book was about. It was, you know, that would have been nice to finish it, be able to finish it with the sort of grand finish and the title win. But it was all about the story of what's happened in such a short space of time at Arsenal, the backstory behind it, you know, how we've got to this stage of basically, you know, a a man coming in and picking the club up basically off its knees, which is where Arsenal were. And in a pretty short space of time, turning it around to being this young, vibrant side who pushed Man City all the way, who are on the up, and more than that, has built this atmosphere and environment around the club from the youth teams to the fans. And it's just basically made Arsenal a completely different proposition to what they were a few years ago. And you know, I've been really intrigued by Mikel Arteta since he's arrived. He's a really interesting character. And having spoken to the publishers, I just thought this is a really exciting opportunity to do something I've always wanted to do and to do it about a man who is really, really intriguing and about a club that I absolutely love. And I just thought, what? I can't, I can't say no to this. I've just got to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, um, we're famous or infamous on this podcast for asking some very random questions. So this interview might be a bit sort of, um, 
uh, off the, off the cuff a bit in terms of the questions because I'm I'm intrigued by you know what gets you into these sort of areas and and the the process of it coming together. Tell me about the process of actually putting the book together because if you said to me write a book about the thing you love the most, like I love French football for example, um, there's a thousand thoughts that would run through my head, a thousand clubs, players, kits, histories. There's so much, and although you had the focal point of Mikel. How many late nights were you sat there, maybe with a glass or two of something, just scratching your head going, how do I start? Where does the middle go? Where does the end come in? How do I focus? Was there a structure in the timeline of how you put the book together? There was, yeah. I mean, look, this is the first book I've ever written. So I was, you know, starting, staring at this blank page, thinking, oh, my God, what have I got myself <laughs> into here? And I didn't have much time to do it. And I was doing it on top of, you know, my regular work and Arsenal were in the middle of a title charge at that point so it was yeah it was it was really difficult but you know the structure was when I sat down and I had lots of help from the, you know my editor at HarperCollins Joel who has just been fantastic the whole way through this who's obviously far more experienced in the art of building a book than I was and we sort of sat down and thought right and he was an Arsenal fan as well which helped and I was like okay hey, how are we going to do this like you said the focal point was Mikel let's start by sort of focusing a little bit on his time as a player you know, don't go straight into into just starting off as him basically managing Arsenal. Let's talk about him, the backstory. So start as a player, talk about his time at Arsenal, what he was like, speak to people who were involved at that time um, as a team, as teammates, that sort of thing, um, and sort of build the story of what he was like and how he managed to make this step into into management. So we sort of started that off, and then thought well, let's get, take him off, do a bit about Man City, do a bit about his, you know, the people who have played such a huge role in his career and, you know, and go back to Johan Cruyff and everything like that, his time at Barcelona and who, you know, Mikel is just obsessed by and has spoken before about, you know, when he's asked what player got you into football or what player inspired you. And he said, it wasn't a player, it was a manager, it was Johan Cruyff. And um, so we talk a bit about that and his time at Manchester City. You know, I spoke to Bakary Sanya, for example, who obviously was a teammate of Arsenal's with Mikel but then he was at Manchester City when Mikel, when Mikel went as a coach. And so I had really interesting insight, I thought, from Bakary and what that was like and what that dynamic was like of basically having your mate suddenly become your boss. And then you can kind of work that into what happened with him at Arsenal when he came back and suddenly a fair few players who used to be his mate suddenly his boss. And I got some really interesting insight from Bakary and that. So we sort of laid down the structure of, OK, let's start off with him as a player. Then let's do the backstory of... Manchester City, the inspiration to become a coach, Pep Guardiola and all that. And then, yeah, that was the sort of first chapter. And it ended basically with him. The first section ended with him being appointed as Arsenal boss. And then from then on, you know, it's relatively simple. I just sort of tracked it season by season to where we are now. But uh, I really want I really thought it was important to include a lot of stuff early on about his time as a player and, you know, how that kind of inspired him into his route into management because I thought that was a really interesting period he was such a you know the key player for Arsenal yes he didn't win everything that I think we all wanted (laughs) the team to win during those times but he was a really key player and a really interesting captain and um I I, yeah I thought that was a really important story to tell yeah agreed like you said once you get the flow it tends to one thing leads to another to another is it's just getting that start process yeah Um, I think what the hardest bit in the whole thing was the ending which yeah. is weird because that was the freshest thing in my memory was the season. You know, I basically finished it a week after the season finished and you know, I'd got everything done up to that point. I thought, you know, I'm in a pretty good position here. I'm, I've got, I'm on top of it. 
the final part about the season, you know, the, the, the final season, I thought that that's going to be a pretty much a breeze because it's just all up there. I remember it, I really struggled in that point. And in the last few days, I really hit a wall. And it was the first time in the whole process over about three or four months that I had that sort of writer's block that people talk about. And I tried to get myself out. I went down to camp myself at the local library to try and just change the setting and try and inspire myself. And it, was, it was a real struggle. It was the only time in the process it happened. And yeah, it was a bit scary because deadline, <laughs> deadline was approaching. I was like, I've got to finish this book. And um, yeah. that, that, that was the only time that I really thought, oh my God, this is this was difficult. You know, fitting everything in, finding the time to do it, that was difficult. But the actual art of writing it was, you know, I was quite happy with how it was going until that that final point. But I managed yeah. to get through that barrier, thankfully. For sure, yeah. And um, I have to ask, was there any point where you wrote a page and accidentally clicked back before saving and you know kick the cat <laughs> no I didn't I tell you what I was so so careful because it basically it was over it was over 70,000 words in the end I think it was about 73,000 words and I was so careful everything I did I sort of wrote it as I was writing it and then when I finished that I saved it in about three different areas and I just made sure if anything happened I had everything backed up because the fear yeah. of the fear of losing it was was very very real <laughs> yeah <laughs> very we much. We've all learned the hard way from our university slash college slash school days where we did that, didn't we? Where we've all pressed backspace and gone, oh, yeah. God. Yeah, we've all been it there. Was, yeah, that, that fear was real. Yeah, absolutely. What about your um, personal history with regards to writing books? Like, what other Arsenal books have you read in the past that maybe inspired you or, or authors? Was it something that you just said, like you said, it's the opportunity you couldn't turn down? But was there always that sort of enjoyment of books, like do you own Arsenal books? Or is there certain things that inspired you to, to get writing? Yeah, I think like most of us, you know, Fever Pitch, Nick Hornby's Fever Pitch was was just something that arrived at the perfect time for me when I was, you know, much younger as an Arsenal fan and reading that book was just a real inspiration. Nick Hornby, I've managed to, you know, interview recently since i've sent him a copy of this book as well which you know i just reached out to him to send him a, a, a copy of it because you know he he and that book mean mean an awful lot to me in terms of the inspiration to becoming a journalist and becoming a writer so you know that's that's always the kind of the book that i hold up against pretty much any other so certainly when it comes to football just because of what it meant to me at that time in my life as a, as a youngster sort of beginning to think about what i might do and and just being completely obsessed by Arsenal. Um, you know, Amy Lawrence's Invincibles was was fantastic. I really love, you know, again, it's just, A, Amy's an amazing writer, uh, and brilliant person. And um, that's just an era, again, of my life and of Arsenal that w we all hold very, very close to our hearts. So sort of that, that was a fantastic read. Philippa Clare's book on Thierry Henry was, uh, I really enjoyed that. I've read that, took that way during my honeymoon to St. Lucia in New York and read that on the beach. And, um, you know, that's always a, a sort of special memory of mine. So th there's plenty of them. I wouldn't say I'm an absolute avid book reader, um, but, you know, there are certain few, there are certain books that I've read that are, are very, very special, but I'd say Fever Pitch is right up there for me. Weirdly enough, I'll tell you a book that I absolutely loved as a kid that I always think of a football book that I loved was Paul Gascoigne's autobiography. <laughs> um, Didn't expect that. <laughs> I know, it was weird, but I, I read it and, um, and and I just really enjoyed it at the time. And, you know, I, it was, I can't remember what year he brought it out, but it was, I think it was, it's, I don't know how long after Italia 90 it was that he brought it out, but it was just, um, yeah, you know, Gazza lit up Italia 90. And for me as a night, 
nine-year-old it was great and then he went over to Lazio and did what he did and um you know football Italia was was on and it was just that sort of era of it and yeah I think that was that's always a book a football book that I really enjoyed reading strangely enough even though he's connected to uh to that lot down the road <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> if, if you ever get bored and you and you fancy a book um if you haven't already read it or indeed listen to it because he he narrates it himself uh Neil Warnock's is very good um, I've heard Neil Warnock's is very good yeah, actually I'm the first person who said that yeah, very, very good. Um, I'm, I live down in Plymouth and he managed down here for a while and there's he's quite famous for liking this this part of the world. It's it's a really good, really good lesson. So, yeah, um, doesn't, this is, doesn't surprise me. That man must have a lot of stories to tell. Oh, plenty. The the <laughs> stories he tells about Crystal Palace and, Q, and QPR when, well, especially when Palace were in administration is eye-opening because he doesn't hold back. It's well worth a listen. But this is about you, so we'll keep it with you. Um, talk to you about your relationship with other um bloggers podcasters arsenal community basically it's i think it'd be fair to say that you know most of our community sort of especially at that level get on you know everybody tries to help out each other whether it be promotion whether it be just helping out etc but um with your book launch of course you james is going to be there james McNicholas, people know is going to blog um i know you you've got good ties with andrew on the Askcast. you've been on there a few times did you reach out to people for certain parts of the book or did you sort of lean into their their knowledge when, like you said, when you had that writing block, did you did you find that other people were helpful in the process? Uh, I think what, I didn't really reach out to anyone about the actual process of writing the book. I probably should have done. It might have made it a little bit simpler. But uh, <laughs> and if I do it, if I do it again, <laughs> if I do another one, then it might be something that I, the route I go down. Um, so, no, I wouldn't say I reached out to any of the sort of podcasting community over it. I spoke to um raymond at red action and um he you know quite he's in he's in, included in the book quotes from him are included in the book quite a lot you know the whole way the whole way through really from the introduction to certainly the ending to get that sort of flavor from the sort of fan side of things about you know how it's changed how the atmosphere has changed at the club and that side of things so yeah i certainly spoke to raymond about it but in terms of sort of podcasters and bloggers i didn't know i didn't really reach out to any of the any of the um the you know the usual crew but they have been very helpful and i'm you know like yourselves appearing on this i'm i'm speaking with andrew on on thursday for his so uh, yeah everyone's been very very helpful yeah makes it sure sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there my my internet skipped for a second there um in terms of the access for the book like did you get the opportunity to visit like the training ground or like you mentioned um speaking to Baxania? Did you have a, a few links to people that were able to give you a little almost peek behind the curtain at what was going on at the time you were writing it? Or was it all completely from the outside in as, as a fan's perspective? Well, no, I mean, obviously I was there. I've been there kind of the whole journey really from when Mikel was arrived. I've been at the training ground most weeks and, um, have, you know, spoken to players the whole way along the way. So, you know, from that point of view, I was kind of, you know, I had that all in my mind anyway. Um, and then I went back, I spoke to, people like Bakary Sanya, like I like I said, Andreas Georgeson, who was part of Mikel's staff before heading off to Malmo. Got some really interesting stuff from from Andres actually. Uh, people like Colin Lewin, who of course was um uh physio when back in when Mikel was playing. And so um spoke to lots of people like that who have been in and around it. And then, you know, players themselves down in my chats with them during in various mix zones or in different interview opportunities. Um so yeah, I it was it's not really as a it's not as a fan, um, a sort of fan's point of view of the of the journey. It was more certainly more of a journalist's point of view of the journey and being there, you know, pretty much every step of the way and 
um, and sort of lean in on that insight and the sort of background knowledge that I had about the whole thing. And here's a question for you. Do you think slash do, would you like Mikhail to read the book? Did that did that thought even enter your head where you're sort of thinking, oh, should I go here? I mean, I know there's nothing particularly controversial, but there must have been something in the book that you thought, oh, do I go down this route just in case? I'm not too. No, I, I never I never thought that, to be honest. He's um, I'm sure he probably will read it or he'll certainly glance at it just because of the type of guy he is. And, you know, he'll know it's well, he does know it's coming. And, um, you know, he's played no part in it. It's not an official Arsenal licensed product. So, you know, from Arsenal's point of view, they were like, you know, they know it's coming and they're aware of it all. But they, it wasn't, you know, I, I didn't, because it wasn't a licensed thing, because it wasn't commissioned by Mikel, you know, we we couldn't kind of have that kind of access it would have been if it was an official thing. Um, so bad, and I'm not bothered, you know, no, I'm certainly not bothered about what <laughs> what, what he uh, kind of, what I've wrote or what he thinks about it. You know, it's... um. On the whole, it's a really positive 300 pages about the work he's done. There's bits in it that I'm sure he'll probably look at, you know, from insight from speaking to players and and agents of players about, you know, where he may need to improve in terms of his coaching style and his coaching techniques and man management. You know, there's little bits in that that maybe he won't particularly agree with. But, um, yeah, I wasn't worried about what I was writing in it and whether it would come back to sort of bite me or anything like that. I don't think you can. You've got to take yourself away from that and try and paint as true a picture as you know from the information that you get speaking to, to you know, all the people who have been there along the way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For those watching on the video, uh, the, the cover of the book and everything is on the screen now. Um, just reminds me, actually, you're speaking to Boyd and the crew, weren't you, the other day on uh, the footballistically Arsenal and they mentioned the cover and I agreed I agree with that it's quite a striking cover I like the I like the stripes it just it flows it looks very mm -hmm. well and uh, for a man as stylish as Mikel I suppose you have to kind of go the extra lengths to make it look good yeah I certainly um, can't take any credit for the cover the <laughs> <laughs> point it probably all goes downhill from there you enjoy the cover you then you open it up and it's <laughs> <laughs> nobody would have ever known you could have been like yeah that was all me it's fine um talk to us about the book launch itself then so for those who don't know 31st of august which is what nine days time um nerves setting in a little bit i know you've mentioned on a couple of pods um that you've been on and your own channel that you've got that fear of being the guy sat at the desk with you know nobody coming through i'm sure that won't happen i think you're going to be fine yeah. but is there an element of nerves i mean because at the end of the day without sort of building you up too far there's the details on the screen now um you know, you, you can meet all sorts of people at these sort of events, can't you? And and whilst the majority of them, are, I'm sure, will be lovely and positive, I suppose there's always those some personalities that you just think, oh God, I'm not sure about this fella or, or lady. Is is has the nerves sort of settled in, and have you got like a plan of how you're going to run the evening itself? Uh, the nerves have certainly settled in. I'm still absolutely convinced that I'm going to end up sitting there with my dad, who's the only person <laughs> in the pub. <laughs> no, it's going to be me, me, James, and and my dad, basically. Um, and yeah, that sort of sad, lonely picture being shared on social media of of, of me sitting there surrounded by fifty books, <laughs> no one's buying. So yeah, there is there is nerves there. I I I hope it goes well. I'm really looking forward to it as well because if. You know, people do turn up, fingers crossed they do. If you're in and around North London on the 31st, please do come um, and enjoy the night because we're going to have a big Q&A session. It's going to be a sort of, you know, big old talk about Arsenal, which everyone will be able to get involved with. We've got James 
um, coming down, who you all know is Gunner Blog, obviously, fantastic reporter who, like me, has been there the whole you know journey and has got brilliant insights. So we're going to talk about Mikel, we'll talk about Arsenal, we'll take the questions. Um, haven't announced it anywhere else yet, but I'll announce it here that Sam Dean from The Telegraph, he's also coming down to join the panel, so it's going to be me, Sam and James. Exclusive. Which, um, <laughs> which I'm really looking forward to. You know, Sam, again, is you know been there the whole way since Mikel's been appointed. A fantastic journalist and you know the three of us hopefully on, on the panel I think we'll be able to bring a lot of insight and in, interesting stories that um that everyone in the Tollington will be interested in so yeah I hope it's going to be a great night I really hope people arrive and um and get down there the sort of structure of the night I think sort of basically doors open for the actual event at about four o'clock there's going to be Stoke Newington bookshop are down there um, providing books for people to buy and then obviously I'll be there to to sign them if you sh- should so wish that's what I'm nervous about because my handwriting honestly is so crap <laughs> it's unbelievable it's from like 20 years of being a journalist and writing shorthand I've lost the ability to write normally and it, my writing just sort of becomes this squiggle type thing honestly I'm so bad and I've, I've got the I, I don't know what I'm going to do signing people's books and what I'm going to write so that yeah I'm fearful of that um, so that's going to happen from about sort of five o'clock onwards and then around sort of seven, seven fifteen, I think we're going to start the sort of conversation type part of the night and we'll have a chat. I'll have a do a bit of a sort of speech about the book, I imagine. Then we'll talk about Arsenal between us, then open it up to the floor and get everyone involved for, you know, as long as it continues, as long as it goes on for. And um, so, yeah, really looking forward to that. And hopefully I think it should be a really good night. And I think the two guests that I've got, um, are going to really add to the add to the evening and make it a really interesting one. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's times like this when I, I really do wish I didn't live at the arse end of the country because it's such a pain to get to. <laughs> so I'm sure, it's going to be a fantastic event, and I'm I'm quietly confident that people will will be there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a few faces that maybe you don't expect to be there might turn up. I, I have a feeling it will it will be a, a good a good event. So definitely wish you all the best for that. Um, Thank you. I've got a. I've got a couple of quick fire questions for you um, okay. before we sort of round off. And and uh, and we've got a competition as well, which we'll let our listeners know as well. Um, so these are 10 quick fire questions. Uh, the idea behind these is don't think about them, just answer them. Um, they're not dodgy, I promise. So first one is all time favourite Arsenal memory. Yeah, I'll I tell you what it is. And it's going to be a long answer, I'm afraid. Um, is 1998 Wembley, the FA Cup final against Newcastle because my uncle was over from Australia and my dad got him a ticket and because we didn't want him to be sitting on his own at Wembley, I sat with my uncle and my dad sat on my sat on his own. And it was just a really weird experience not sitting next to my dad for a match like that. And for, you know, winning the double, my first double as a fan. And at the end of the game, we were walking around the old Wembley, of course, at that point, And my dad, I saw my dad coming out of the turnstile that he was coming out up steps. And I remember glorious sunshine at that brilliant old stadium which I love running up the steps and hugging my dad and saying we did it and yeah it's just a really special memory that I'll always remember yeah I love that that's good fun fact I sprained my ankle as an elk up at the second away that day anyway uh, <laughs> somebody tripped me and I went I'll say it's it uh favorite current favorite current Arsenal player Bukai Saka naturally I don't know how uh, can you not love Bukai Saka of course. Uh, favourite past Arsenal player? Dennis Bergkamp. Yeah, good answer, especially on this podcast. Favourite Arsenal home kit? Uh, 1998, no, there was the 96 to 98 kit. 
um, mm. just because I just think of Dennis Burkamp in those amazing years wearing it, and I've got it sitting right there in the drawer over the top of this computer. And um, yeah, it's just, my left. <laughs> just still my favorite, still my favorite home kit. Yeah, the JVC, the Nike. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a, a it has to be JVC. It. Has to be JVC. Absolutely. Uh, favorite Arsenal goal. I appreciate there's a wide, wide uh, choice. Tony, Tony Adams against Everton. Oh yeah, with the commentary as well. It's hard to be beaten. Isn't it was it? A, yeah, and he celebrated right in front of where me and my dad sit, sit sat at Highbury, and when he turned and the arms were outstretched, he was basically looking at us. And oh. he's my dad's favorite all-time player. And yeah, it was just a brilliant goal. Brilliant way just a brilliant day one of the best hybrid days you could possibly get absolutely would you believe it um favorite arsenal win in the modern era so maybe this would be in the time that you were writing the book perhaps uh favorite arsenal win in the modern era so what, what we say in modern era what um, so, you mean? yeah in, in the Mikel era let's go with that yeah um i would say bournemouth last season it was really? just um, I don't know because that's maybe that's my favorite Arsenal goal of the modern era is Reese Nelson, so maybe that wasn't my favorite win. Mm. Um, I can see why you go with that though, I do get it. Yeah, it was just an amazing day, honestly. It was an amazing day. It was the day that made me really think, you know, what I want to go back to sitting in the stands next season, and yeah, just because of that whole experience and that sound. And yeah, my favorite Arsenal win of the modern era. Um, I tell you what it might be actually it was the North London derby la- not last season the season before because I think that was the one that really sort of kick-started everything because we'd had that yeah. terrible start to the season when it lost the first three games and then all the new signings came in we started to it was a completely different side like Ramsdale came in for the Watford game they won that one nil it was edgy then they went and won one nil at Burnley and then the next game was Tottenham and then it all just exploded with that first half when it was just amazing. And it really sort of signaled the start of everything. It was a new team. It felt like Mikel's team, finally. I think like all six summer signings were on the pitch at the end of at full time. And um, yeah. I think that kind of signaled the start of where we are now. Yeah, good and job. It was, and it was beating that lot as well. So I was going to say, that's, I mean, that's always good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, here's, a, here's a random one, but funniest live Arsenal experience have you ever had a moment that made you chuckle whether that was at your own expense someone else's or on the pitch at a game you're at oh god uh funniest live Arsenal experience well I was there for the 98 semi uh the, sorry the 2006 semi-final when the squirrel got on Highbury pitch oh, and, yes. play, and everyone was chanting everyone was chanting uh, uh what, what was the chant that the whole of Highbury was singing um I can't, there's only one squirrel or something like that and that, that was very funny that was something you don't see every day in a football match Mikel Arteta, Mikel Arteta last season after the Reese Nelson goal celebrating oh, yeah. with that five-year-old kid and then yeah. that split second of realization is like hold on I've just whose kid is this where <laughs> the hell is this kid come from <laughs> yeah. um, was very very funny and, and he's the way he spoke about it in the press conference afterwards as well it's just it's just really funny and summed up the craziness of that moment so probably yeah. those two things yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, you could probably throw in Mikel's um, kind of thing oh, at Villa yeah. Park as well. And of course, yeah, I can never forget that one. Uh, favorite Arsene Wenger moment? Going back to the past. Uh, in what in terms of him, him himself, I guess you'd say. Yeah, him himself. Favorite Arsene Wenger moment. Um, Oh God, that's really hard. It's just the whole thing. There is so many, isn't there? It's yeah, just, it's a tough yeah. one. It's like what can what can you say with favourite 
Arsenal. Just I think my favourite Arsenal moment was probably just the realization for Alex Ferguson is like, who the hell is this guy? He's come in and suddenly got one over me. You know, David Beckham smacking the boot in Alex Ferguson's head, basically because Arsene Wenger just embarrassed him again and yeah. won. And it was just that I think it was that just just sticking one to Alex Ferguson, like his interview when he went on sky after one of the games was like who the hell is this guy is coming over here from france and telling us how to do things and, and things like that so i think that whole thing of just realizing we had this really special special manager who was ready to take the club to the next level i think that was probably that's probably it it's not really an individual moment but I'd say oh, no, it still counts yeah yeah still a good answer and same question of course but mikhail favorite mikhail moment uh <laughs> mikhail moment um I think my favourite Mikel moment was probably, I think it was probably the FA Cup final win and the celebrations when he went into the changing room, banging the yeah. cup. And it just felt very fresh and very exciting about what was about to happen, I think. And it's like, I go back to when Arsenal won the cup against Chelsea a couple of years earlier and brilliant day, amazing day, brilliant final, brilliant performance. But I sort of still kind of left out and thought, you know what, this is going to be more of the same. He's going to sign a new contract and it's not going to go well. And it, you didn't quite have that excited feeling of what was to come. It just kind of felt like it was going to be more of the same. But that FA Cup win, the celebrations with the players, what the, you could see what he meant to the players. Yeah. I was, it was just really exciting thinking, yeah, there's something, they've got something here with him. Yeah. And he might well be the guy to, to lift this club up and be the, the guy that the club needed. So probably that. Here's to many more. And um, final question, a little bit lighthearted, this one. Uh, this goes to show that I do my research on you. Favourite WWE wrestler, past or present? <laughs> I know I'm you're a fan. WWE, I'm at AEW this weekend at Wembley on oh, Sunday. Yeah, yeah I can't Fair. wait. Oh, yes, um, I did hear earlier on, actually, yeah. Yeah, favourite WWE, I mean, look, uh, so many. This is uh, this is going to be the longest answer of the lot. <laughs> you don't know what you just opened yourself up to here. Um I mean, look, Austin, I was obsessed with as a kid. I was obsessed with the British Bulldog um, and Austin was amazing. The Attitude Era was unbelievable. Rock, Austin, Foley, Taker. I was at WrestleMania in Houston and saw Taker versus Shawn Michaels, which was just one of the greatest matches of all time. I was there in Orlando the year before when Shawn Michaels and Flair had the Flair retirement match. All of those people, I would include Chris Jericho, just absolute genius who's reinvented himself time and time again and still has and is still doing it at AEW now. So take your pick out of all that lot but i think for the era and what it meant and the influence he had on the whole wrestling scene i think probably steve austin awesome i was always a brett man myself brett Hart oh, was always i didn't mine. even include brett i didn't even mention brett <laughs> excellent, 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 i had to mention excellent. him i was like i can't brett let you get away with that <laughs> brett versus davy boy at SummerSlam, one of the greatest matches of all time at wembley i was there fun fact Were you? 92 yeah i was a nine-year-old kid so i had no idea what a big foam hand was but i was waving it for all i was worth i tell you what my <laughs> mate my mate called chris spelt with a k just like you with hair just like you was also there that day no way yeah, I, can, I can confirm it, it wasn't me. I, it was never met, I'm afraid. But <laughs> yeah. And I think he also had a foam finger as well, which he still got. Oh, God, this is getting freaky now. <laughs> Good stuff. Love that answer. Right. Just before we wrap up, um, please feel free, plug away. Um, I'm not going to touch any of my tabs because my internet's playing funny buggers today. But HarperCollins, the publisher, you can pre order on their website. You can also pre order on uh, Amazon and all your other particular sites. 
There is the audible version, of course, as well, if you want to listen to someone read it, as indeed I do, because I'm far too lazy. Um, but yes, please promote the event. Um, let everybody know where they can be, what time they're going to be there, etc. And then we will lay a question for someone to win a signed copy. Excellent. Well, like you said, you can pre-order it right now. You can pre-order it on the HarperCollins website, which, as you can see there, you can order it direct from HarperCollins or you can the little tabs down the side there, Amazon Blackwell's bookshop for so you can down you can um pre-order it from you know those stores as well if you should so wish. If you don't want to pre-order it and you want to just come to the event on the 31st at the Tollington, then there's going to be plenty of books there on sale thanks to the good uh, people at the Stoke Newington bookshop. So you can buy the books there as well. And as I've said during this episode, come down, get involved in what should be a really good evening of Arsenal chat with myself. James, aka Gunner Blog, Sam Dean, and uh, yeah, come down and please do join in the events uh, and have drinks and refreshments at the end, which I still don't quite understand what the difference is between the two. But apparently, there are drinks and refreshments, so come and enjoy those and take advantage of that. The refreshments come first, and then the drinks is what goes into the night. I would imagine that's how I'm it gonna, works. I am going to have to pace myself. I think. Yes, you are. Be um, before by the end of it. Before we let you go, um, you have been very generous in uh, offering a signed copy of the book uh, mm -hmm. to ourselves to give away to our listeners. Um, and I'm going to make them work for this because there's a very there's a stipulation to anyone who wins this prize. The question we are going to ask to our listeners, and you've got until the date of the release. So you've got from now until the 31st of August to get your answers in. And you need to, how are we going to do this? I think I'm going to ask Danny to open the email because if we get people to tweet us, then everyone's going to copy the answers. So we will put this out as an email question. And um, the question simply is this. What date did Charles first broadcast his new Inside Arsenal channel? So it shouldn't be hard, but you're going to have to do your research. And the stipulation, you'll like this one, Charles. The stipulation is if you want to win this, this competition, you have to be subscribed to his YouTube channel. Which is the part where I get you to plug your YouTube channel, Charles. That's very kind of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the YouTube channel is called Inside Arsenal. You can find it just by searching for me and that name on YouTube. Also goes out of podcast every day. And um, yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate uh, appreciate the plug. Excellent. No problem at all. So that is the stipulation. Our email is on the screen as we speak. So a Burkamp Wonderland, all one word, at gmail.com. Send one answer, one answer only, uh, one email and one email only. We will be checking. But yes, and when the answers come through, we will be checking. If you are not subscribed to Charles' YouTube channel, you will not be getting the prize. So, uh, Charles, I'm sure you'll be happy to, once we know who the winner is, we'll let you know the name and everything. And if they've got anything specific they want you to write in it, or maybe they want a drawing of some description, but we'll pass that on to you. They should definitely time. not ask for a drawing, believe me. <laughs> like, it's not, if my handwriting is bad, trust me, my drawing is even worse. Could lead to all sorts, couldn't it? Yeah. And before anyone asks, no, Charles can't get Mikael to sign it. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Fantastic. Um, Charles, brilliant to have you fantastic thank you very much for coming on i know you've got the rounds to do i think you did um our colleagues at hybrid squad last night yeah i'm sure you've got hundreds of people that are going to be booking you in so we really appreciate the time and um once the flurry of activity has gone down and the season is you know a little bit further down the line i'm sure it'd be uh be lovely to have you back on on a regular podcast and we'll we'll talk all arsenal again so uh, best of luck with the book um thank you very much for coming on once again and a uh, pleasure to have you and good luck on the 31st just yeah, pace yourself, all right? <laughs> Thanks, Chris. We'll do it. Thank you very much. 
You're welcome. And thanks again to Charles. Thank you to everyone who's been watching along and listening. And we will be doing a podcast later on this evening to look back on the Palace game at time for recording. So if you want to tune in for that, we'll be back. But we are going to take a little bit of a break now. I'm going to go for a little run. Uh, but thanks again to Charles for coming on. Uh, please do buy the book and get it pre-ordered. You won't regret it. And stay tuned for that competition. Get those answers in. Thank you very much for watching. We have been about at Wonderland. Once again, thank you to Charles and we'll speak to you very soon. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I was just eating a full quiche. Well, you don't often see him at him. So when you see him in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on one. Bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt. <laughs>